listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, Lakers fans? Recording this on a Tuesday, the day after the Lakers got upset by the Washington Wizards, 127-124. Before we jump into that and more, don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your fix. And of course, go to silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Joining me for this one, Anthony Irwin, all the way from Texas. Before we get into the cold, Anthony, I'm still waiting on that uh, six-pack you owe me from the 5-0 and uh, homestand that the Lakers had, which feels like it was an eternity ago now at this point. Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess, I guess I, I'm going to give you the beer regardless, but if you want to call double overtime wins against Detroit or a double overtime win against Detroit and re- requiring two overtimes in separate games against the Oklahoma City Thunder <laughs> wins. I mean, I guess if you have just that low a, a standard for for this Lakers team, then then I guess that's you. That's on you. Well, looking at looking at the schedule that's in front of me right now, there's one magic letter that's next to those, and that's W. So yes, they would <laughs> they do count as win, and I will take my beer. I'm, if it's held up in transit right now due to the snowstorm and everything crazy going on with the weather in Texas. I understand, but yeah. Before we jump into the Lakers talk, how, how are things going over there with the uh, with the weather thing and and the cold and obviously the energy stuff? It's been it's been a wild few weeks in in Texas. Yeah, I mean, I I knew when when I moved out here that the weather was was you know just very different. I mean, California is extremely unique and and how spoiled we have it out there. But uh, I didn't think I'd be signing up for. Actually, you can't get out of the house for a full week because. The ice, the, the, the roads are iced over. And apparently out here in Texas, everybody out here owns guns, but there's not a single snowplow in the state. <laughs> so, so that's kind of, it was just a, you know, from, from, from the top down, pretty much failure and handling that. And then uh, you, you watch my wife and I, and, and, and my daughter, we were pretty fortunate because, you know, we had a couple rolling blackouts a day or so. So, you know, we were stuck in that kind of situation for about a week. And I'd say about three, four times a, a day, we would lose power and then get it back about an hour or so later and then lose it again and then get it back an hour or two later. And, and you just kind of go through that. But we never lost water. Um, and and when we did lose power, it was just, you know, for for a couple times during the day that it kind of sucked. And then the other couple times were at night when we were sleeping anyway. So so we had we were really lucky. But there were people out here that, you know, my brother and sister-in-law, for example, uh, they lost power basically 24 hours into the snowstorm and didn't get it back for like six or seven days. Oh, and, man. So, and, and so it's just, and, and it's tough because, you know, we said, Hey, just come on over here. We're, we're nice and warm. Uh, even when the power would go out, I found a way to Jerry rig our fireplace and, and make it so that it stayed on when the power went off. Um, and, but they couldn't because the roads were in such, crap situation so it was just it was a frustrating week but i'm just happy that we're through it we're all safe uh and and ready for it it, i think i looked at the thing we have like five straight days of torrential rain coming next so it's just just keep it coming man yeah you're prepared for it now hey you're talking to a canadian i lived in a place that it was minus minus 20 (laughs) like six months a year so (laughs) i'm just watching this like i'm i mean i hope nobody gets hurt but me watching it, I'm like, come on, toughen up. It's just a little bit of snow and ice, right? <laughs> it was. I saw things that I've never seen before. So I had never seen a blizzard. Um, that was wild. It was like a whiteout blizzard one of the nights. Uh, couldn't see across our street. And then, uh, so we had like, I think, 10 or 12 inches of snowfall that night. 
And the next day we got um, ice rain, you know, frozen rain. Mm -hmm. yep. So we got like, it, my, my poor dog would go out there to go to the bathroom and she kept, she kept feeling like she was falling through the earth like, with, oh, every, yeah. with every step that she was taking. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> I'm not, I know I'm not supposed to laugh at this stuff, but, but man, like poor girl was just like, what the, what the hell, what the hell, what the <laughs> <laughs> what did you bring me? Right. Why, <laughs> right. Right. This is horrible. So yeah, well, we, we, it was, it was, it was some stretches like we were there's a trail behind our house and and uh the the stream behind our house and then there's a couple ponds back there they all froze over so i was like oh sweet i kind of want to see what this feels like and i walked down there and what you forget is that because of the amount of snow that fell uh you know the the, the if you were to walk out towards that pond you're actually walking onto the pond sooner than you actually think so you your boy it, yeah. your boy fell in the pond <laughs> oh no no how bad was it how bad was it oh it was you know it was only up to my my knee or so my wife was sitting there watching so i you know i i probably melted some of the ice just given how hot my face felt from looking like such a moron but <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was it was uh, you know it was, it was more of a chuckle than anything else it wasn't you know i, I was wearing the some snowboarding pants and some heavy duty boots so i i hardly even felt it well, as long as yeah, I mean, that's no, that's no joke. I mean, we can laugh about it. That things could go pretty, pretty wrong with that. Too. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, been cold in Texas, pretty cold over here with the Lakers. That's called a smooth <laughs> transition, everybody. There right? you go. There you go. <laughs> the Lakers are now sitting uh, still. I mean, obviously a, a, a pretty damn good team. They're 22 and 10, but they've been struggling. They're they're one and four over their last five games. Um, you know, Alex and Alex really broke down the, the Washington loss uh, on Monday night. But I wanted to wanted to ask you, you know, your opinion on this because. I'm looking at, at this Lakers team. And again, I, I'm going to uh, generally, I'm not worried, right? Like if, if I'm looking at them as a whole, once they get AD back, obviously missing Schroeder now, uh, that's two big parts of their, of their offense. And, and the Lakers have been struggling mightily. I mean, you look at, you look at their shooting percentages over the past, uh, you know, over the past five games. And I, you know, there's something like, like 30th or no, so pardon me, uh, 25th in the, uh, in the NBA in scoring at 106.6 points. But if you look at their, their shooting, um, that's been, that's been a major, major, major concern. If you're looking at their outside shooting as well. I mean, when you're, when you're watching this and, and you're seeing them play, uh, what is one thing that's sticking out to you on the offensive end that you're like, man, they, they, this might be an issue that they need to correct, or it might not fix itself as we get closer to the playoffs. Well, I, it's tough because I don't want to completely cop out and say that everything is fatigue related, but a lot of it is fatigue related, right? Like you look at their shots, poor LeBron has had some of his ugliest misses of the season. And he keeps, he keeps saying after every game that he doesn't get tired or he's not tired or stop making a big deal out of him getting tired, all these things. But it's like, my dude, we can all watch you shoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's right there. Um, we can, we can all see some of the lack of zip in your passes as, as they're getting picked off eight turnovers and in, in that loss to, to Washington. So as much as he wants to tell us all that fatigue, isn't that big of a factor, at least for him specifically, like, you know, the games are televised. So, um, I, so much as uh, what's ailing the offense, I don't know that, you know, it's hard to get into much beyond they're tired and they're, they're missing uh, their second best facilitator on the team. And then also probably they're one of the most overall talented uh, NBA players on the offensive side of the court and Anthony Davis in general. So any team that's missing those kinds of players is there. You're going to see some ill effects. 
But where I will say I have legit concerns, though, is with LeBron's fatigue. <laughs> with with the, He played 43 minutes in that one. I think he's played five or six games this year where he's played at least 40 minutes. Uh, and, and of everybody, at least at the end of that Washington game, there are only two players who have played more minutes than LeBron so far this year, and that's Julius Randle and Fred Van Vliet. And, you know, you're, you're walking away from this, and, and, and neither Fred Van Vliet nor, uh, nor Julius Randle have the, the miles on them that LeBron does, nor do they have the amount of, of offense that they have to carry as, as LeBron does as well. So I, I think, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like to bring this back up or whatever, but, but right before Kobe blew his Achilles, you saw his minutes skyrocket. Uh-huh. And it was this incredible effort that he was putting in to getting the Lakers, you know, so, or, or keeping the Lakers in that playoff picture. But, you know, as it was going on, he was playing, you know, 45 minutes, 46 minutes. I think there was even a couple of games where his, his minutes got all the way up to, to like 47. And you're saying, man, he's kind of old to be doing this. And, and as much as it was, as easy it was to, to just say like, well, if anybody knows his body, it's going to be Kobe. A lot of those same things that we're saying about LeBron right now, we said about Kobe at that time. And, and I just hope that at some point here, you know, a cooler head will prevail and say, look, we don't need this win against Washington on a Monday night. Let's just, let's just, you know, keep those minutes to 30 ish or so. And if that means we lose this game, well, we wound up losing the game anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think uh, at some point, somebody's going to need to step in here and say like, Bron, we, we don't, we don't need you this badly this often this early in the year. Yeah. D'Antoni was running Kobe through the ground at that point. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, we just ended up seeing kind of what happened there, but I, I agree with you. And I think, they do have to, like, do you remember that time when LeBron was on the Cavs and he just like, screw it, I'm just going to go to Miami because I need to chill out for a, for a couple of, you know, a few days and just kind of get my my mind right? Obviously, probably not going to do that during a pandemic, but I, I think they do need to give him a break. You know, you're looking at, like you're mentioning, the shooting totals. I mean, the guy's shooting 15% from the three-point line over the last uh, five games. That's brutal, games, right? Yeah. And like you, like you mentioned, you know, that's, that's coming from, it's fatigue. He's not hitting his free throws. When, and, you know, people, who, if you look at basketball, they're like, yeah, when you're hitting your free throws, if you're not making them, it's because you're not getting enough legs under it. You're not bending your day. And that comes with fatigue. And, you know, as much as he's a superhuman and he's this, you know, larger than life athlete that is built like a, like a machine, you know, he does need to get a break. And, and he did allude to that prior to the season saying, I, you know, I would, he would have liked to have probably at least another three weeks off uh, starting around the MLK day in, in January, which, you know, usually happens around the, the second or third week. Uh, I think that would have been, you know, giving him some ample time to prepare. And, and like you mentioned, I mean, you're, you're looking at some of the shooting was like Wes Matthews dudes playing 24 minutes a night over the, over these last five games, he's shooting 28% from the field, you know, like th- those guys mm-hmm. need to step up. You're not going to be able to sit there and say, Oh, um, you know, uh, LeBron still is doing his job. He's averaging almost a, a triple double, you know, over this, this recent slide that they're on, but you're looking at, I'm looking at some of the other guys on the team. I mean, everybody's shooting for the most part, low forties, except for if you're looking at Montrez Harrell, Kuzma's around 45 Schroeder during the couple of games that he played look pretty good. But is there anybody you're looking at and saying, man, they got to, I, I don't want to say because the Lakers aren't built that way that you need them to go off for 20, but is there one guy in particular, maybe other than Wes Matthews, who I touched on that you're like, they need to get more from him on the offensive end. So that does kind of ease the burden on LeBron. Well, I mean, everybody just need, just make open shots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just, just knock down the ones that, that, you know, the expectation is the Lakers have reached that point where it's so frustrating watching them play that back. Like if this was a two gate, two K game that we were, that we were playing, you would go and check the sliders. 
you'd say like, what did somebody mess with this? Like, what is going on? Just turn getting, fatigue off, baby. Right. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, either, yeah, either fatigue yeah, yeah, yeah. or you go and make sure that, you know, little brother or something didn't hop on there and set all the three point shooting to like 13. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, it, that's basically what we're watching here with this, with this Lakers team in terms of, of when they get wide open looks. Um, so, so that in general, but if you're asking specifically, look, I have been one of the biggest fans of, of what uh, Kyle Kuzma has done so far this year in terms of his approach to the game. I think uh, the way he is really focused and improved on the defensive side of things, uh, what he has done on the offensive uh, glass when, when AD is there and when Truder is there and, and the touches aren't quite them, there for him to create. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed the way that he has evolved into this, this you know, one of the better role players uh, on this Lakers team that said Kuz is a bucket getter. And right now the Lakers need literally anybody who can just go out there and from time to time create his own shot or, or take a dribble in there and, and kind of bend the defense a little bit and create a little bit better look for somebody else. But, but, you know, I, and, and given the fact that Schroeder is not, is, is not healthy, they're going to get him back on Friday. But, you know, given the fact that Schroeder isn't healthy and obviously Anthony Davis isn't going to be back for, you know, maybe a, a upwards of a month still. And given the fact that, like, Alex Caruso isn't that kind of a point guard, KCP dribbles with two left hands, you know, and, and, and Wesley Matthews is, is a little too old, I think, at this point to be seen as anything other than just a catch-and-shoot type player. It, it falls, unfairly as it might, to Kyle Kuzma to just kind of, do a little bit more of the creating stuff that than, than he has done to this point. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's where people have been looking at Kuz. And like you mentioned, he's made, he's made the defensive, you know, he's made the defensive strides that you wanted to see from him. But, you know, I think we, you know, we even talked about this over the, over the last couple of seasons, anytime, anytime we've been doing the pod together is, you know, the, there is kind of an unrealistic expectation of Kuz though. I think at times, you know, it's like, he is what mm-hmm. he is at this point. You know, we look at him and say, you know, especially coming off the when they made the trade and, and they kept him, um, you know, instead of B.I. And, and Lonzo, which, you know, again, I don't know if the if the Pelicans would have said, you know, substitute him for one. Of, I don't that wasn't going to happen. But, um, you know, we looked at him and like, OK, this is going to be Kuz's chance. And, you know, he is what he is on the offensive end. He's better as a, as a guy slashing, you know, getting the ball in his hands when he's doing a backdoor cut. He's able to, you know, you're able to find him like that or when he's letting the game come to him and he's hitting those open looks on threes, not taking the contested ones. And I think. You know, that ultimately, this is going to be a problem for the Lakers as long as Anthony Davis is out. Like, I, you know, they are built in a certain way. And you look at any other, other NBA team, I mean, you know, the, the Clippers, and I'm not comparing the, the two in terms of being on the same level, you know, they were without Paul George while they lost all three games. You know what I mean? That's just, mm-hmm. you lose one of your best players, that's going to happen. But again, they, they need some more from these guys that you're looking at and saying, okay, you know, uh, Kuzma has the potential. You know, Montrez Harrell, he's shooting the ball well. He's actually putting up some decent numbers scoring wise, but you know, can they get a little bit more out of him? And I think, you know, like you mentioned, as they get to health and I think that the, the, the upcoming break will do them good. You know, they got five, six days off and they'll be able to relax and we'll find out what the second half of the schedule is. But I think that that will help kind of reset the team, even if it's only a week off. And like I said, if LeBron needs a couple of extra days off after, after traveling to go play in the all-star game and coming back, you're right. Frank Vogel should have to look at giving him, or hopefully he has someone uh, like Rob Palenka or like an assistant who's going to step up and say, look, man, you know what, you know, like you said, Anthony, if we lose a game to the, uh, to the wizards or we lose a game to a, to a team like the thunder, big deal. It's not going to hurt us in, in the bigger scheme of things. I uh, want to jump into a couple more things. Let's do that after a short break. 
All right, and we are back. Uh, let's talk about the, the game on Wednesday against Utah. This is going to be, I mean, I would have loved to have seen these two teams at, at full strength. Obviously, we're not going to be able to see that. But are you, like, or what are you anticipating this game turning out? Like, the Jazz have just been phenomenal. They're 25 and 6, leading leading the the uh, NBA. I mean, obviously, you know, by quite a big margin when you look at where they, where they came back from. I know three and a half doesn't sound like much, but if they continue to play the way that they are, it's going to be tough to make up any, any ground on them. But when you're looking at this game, like how do you think the Lakers are going to come out tomorrow in Utah, which like I said, is going to be a, a, a hell of a tough time for them to, to, to beat a team that's rolling like that. Yeah. I don't know what the, what, what Vegas could set the line at that would get me to bet on the Lakers in this one. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, the Lakers have really struggled in a, in a, in a couple of regards, especially against the better opponents. Uh, they, they have kind of struggled in, in terms of giving up three pointers since Anthony Davis went down, Utah is shooting the ball like historically well from three point range this year. So that really concerns me. Uh, the, Alex Caruso and Contavious Caldwell Pope are both exhausted. You, you saw both of those guys struggle to keep Russell Westbrook in front of them. Donovan Mitchell is better than Russell Westbrook. Uh, you can just kind of go down the line here. Uh, Rudy Gobert is having an incredible season, uh, you know, statistic statistically speaking, and he's big enough to where he's going to bother Montrezl Harrell in those minutes that Harrell would hope to come in and, and inject a little bit of energy into the game. So I just think it's a really bad matchup for the Lakers right now. Um, maybe if LeBron didn't look as exhausted as, as he has, I would say maybe the Lakers can kind of keep it close for a little while before kind of tailing off at the end of the game. But, but I think this has a chance to get ugly. It's going to be one of those nationally televised games that people are going to try to draw all kinds of conclusions from, even though the Lakers are, are playing without arguably the most talented player in the NBA. Um, and, and, and like, it's, it's, it's one of the, it's a really tough one also to not have Dennis Schroeder because again, like, when you have a defense that isn't playing up to the, 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 ex, the expect, expected level, uh, a lot of times that has a lot to do with the fact that the, the offense is putting it in tough situations, whether through turnovers or long misses and stuff like that, that the, the defense isn't able to get back and set up. And, and a defense that's already kind of shorthanded or tired or whatever, or just not very good, which I don't think you know this roster is, is not very good right now uh, defensively. When, when, when you have all of those questions about the defense and then on top of that, you, your, your offense isn't good enough to force the other team to take the ball out of the rim consistently. Like it's just a really bad combination. So like I look, all of this can be true. I can say that I don't think the Lakers are very good right now while also saying that I'm not worried at all. Should Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder come back and be healthy in time for the postseason? You know, I just don't like without those guys, I don't know how many, how very many teams would fare without two of its top three players. Like how good would, would the jazz be without Gobert and without, I guess, Mike Conley, yeah. you know, how, how good would the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets be without uh, Kyrie Irving and James, I guess that's not a very good combination because, or, or a good comparison because Kevin Durant is playing out of his mind. Yeah. He still um, scored but, 40 a game if he needed to. Right. 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 But like the vast majority of the, and even then, like it might not be enough for, for a Kevin Durant led Brooklyn Nets team to go up against this Utah team. You know, it's just the, the Lakers are in this tough spot. They are sliding into home plate when it comes to trying to get through the all-star break. And unfortunately, 
as any, as any, like my wife and I, we've been together for 17 years. I am a, 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 a blogger by, by profession. There are some months where you slide into home plate and you get there and it's like uh, financially and you, and you finally get there and it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some ramen nights. There's some, some just leftover meals that weren't good in the first place that you kind of have to choke down to be able to get to that month. Like that's where the Lakers are right now. They're just, they're, they're, they're a, a, a team that, is on some pretty exhausted legs that's looking forward to getting a full week off. And unfortunately, when, when, when you're in this kind of a situation, it's just, it's just not very pretty, especially against the probably the best team in the NBA right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, when you're looking at that, like you mentioned, like it's just the, they do just look tired. Like they, they're not, and you know what I mean? They're not a team. And, and I've, you know, we've seen this before, even the, uh, the 16, 17 Warriors championship team, when they came back, they had some ugly stretches and in, in the 17, 18 season, you're going to have that with defending champions. I just think it's a lot. They, they played a lot of basketball in a, in a condensed amount of time going through that in, uh, in Orlando and then, and then having to come back and finding, you know, like you said, like finding the energy to get up and, and start going on a whole season. And again, it's a bit of a different season where they are playing on back-to-backs and you, you are seeing more, you know, three games and four nights or five and seven. Uh, they're naturally going to get tired like that. But I, I do want to ask you about the defensive thing because obviously Marcus all has been one of the best players. You know, he's a former defensive player of the year. Uh, he was very good last year with the Raptors. I think his, his defensive rating was, was in the 90s, you know, among the best in the NBA for, for guys who play meaningful minutes. Um, when you're looking at, at the roster, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say like a guy like JaVale McGee is, is a difference maker like that, but I think the athleticism that he has and, and you're looking at even Dwight Howard, right? Like their, their ability to, to, to block shots at the rim and, and alter, you know, field goal attempts when, when guys are coming in on penetration, do you think they've missed that a lot in terms of the, having somebody like a bona fide rim protector without Anthony Davis there, who is going to be able to kind of, I, I would say, put some fear into opposing players. Absolutely. Um, it's just like, I, I generally look at defense as pitches that a, a pitcher can throw. Right. So for the Lakers right now, this year, they have been a very good positional defensive team. They beat teams to spot, they do their, uh, homework and, and they essentially just, just kind of outthink the game defensively. And that allows them to get out in transition. And, and then they really kind of take over games. Last year was a, a was a different kind of team. It was so if if this year's team is more of like a junk ball pitcher that uh, you know beat you with breaking balls and change ups and 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 uh, positioning the pitch like all over all over the strike zone. Last year's team was this you know flame throwing pitcher that could just go out there and overpower you because of LeBron because of uh, Dwight Howard's presence out there because Javale was as long as an, an athletic a, athletic as he was uh, because even Danny green was a little bit bigger and more athletic than, than uh, Wesley Matthews is so far this year. So like I, th- this year's team is that kind of junk ball pitcher that is not able to pitch with one of their, with, with maybe their best pitch, right? Just think like Greg Maddox, if he couldn't throw a changeup would be a very different pitcher. You'd be, yeah, yeah. you'd be really, it's a lot easy. It'd be a lot easier to, to hit Greg Maddox in that kind of a situation. Um, and, and I think, you know, while I think this is a better roster than last year's top to bottom, this is a much worse uh, equipped team to, to deal with Anthony Davis's absence. Like had, had they not had Anthony Davis last year, you just kind of, you know, you you allow guards to funnel their uh, ball handler to the rim, and and you hope that Dwight Howard can clean up enough of those mistakes. But 
Marcus Tall isn't that kind of a rim protector. And he's the only rim protection that they have. When you bring mm. in Montrose Harrell or Markeith Morris, those guys are, are you know, not, not the kind of players that when they get to the rim, anybody is thinking about in any real way. So, uh, you know, I, that's where, you know, the Lakers just waived Quinn Cook. Mm-hmm. They have two roster spots to be able to play with right now. And I think one of those roster spots should probably go to an athletic rim protecting big. And the other one I think could, should still go to some time of, uh, some type of a bigger wing defender, but, but initially before AD went down, I would have said, yeah, they don't, they don't really need a backup big or a third big, uh, a third rim protecting big. Now they do because I, I <laughs> this team isn't going to be able to stop anything. Uh, let, you know, a nosebleed, let alone teams like Utah, teams like Golden State, Phoenix, the Blazers that they're going to face over the next week or so. They can't stop any of those teams because the, the, the they essentially are, 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 it's not so much that they have a red carpet going to the rim because there is some decent defenders out there on the perimeter. But once they get by any of those perimeters, it's wide open. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, the, 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 there's no real protection at the rim. And I think it's, it's, it's made them look about as bad defensively as they've looked in, in, you know, the last few years. Yeah. There was a lot of, there was a lot of penetration in that, in that game against the the wizards as well. And, and you know, it, it's tough. Like you mentioned, I mean, you're, you're going from, and, and there's little, there is little things that, that come with it. Like, you know, you're playing with Anthony Davis for the first, you know, couple of months of the season, you kind of, as a player, you pick up these habits of, okay, you know what I mean? Like, I know I can be a little bit more aggressive with this guy, because I got Anthony Davis standing behind me and, and you know what I mean? Even picking up on the little intricacies and that kind of stuff. I, I think it's uh, I think it's something that, that will, will improve over time. We'll wrap up on this though. Cause we're, we're coming up like you, like you mentioned, I mean, we're, we're coming up really um, to the last week or so here before we get into, into the actual break. The Lakers only have five more games. Do you think they'll be able to turn it around coming off the all-star break? Or like you mentioned, I mean, like we've talked about, they'll get roughly a week off depending on, on how the league schedules things and, and and their practice schedule, but they will get some time off then. Do you think they'll be able to turn it around a little bit, even if Anthony Davis isn't back, but we'll start to see a little bit of a better performance from them after that time? Maybe a little bit better, but I think, I really think a lot of the problems that they're dealing with right now are, are, are personnel problems. They, they need another shot blocker. They need somebody who, uh, you know, at least is big enough that isn't Marc Gasol to, to make penetrators look at there and say, okay, at least there's somebody standing there right now um, that we can see when we, when we get near, when we get, you know, when we get vertical and, and we try to challenge anybody at the rim, the Lakers right now, you know, they're very good at taking charges. They're very good positionally and stuff like that. But Eventually, those kinds of tricks, uh, when when it's the only thing that you're throwing it at an offense, eventually the offense is going to figure those things out. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, and, until the Lakers are able to to throw a different pitch, or or are able to just just look differently when when somebody gets by that initial line of defense, I I, I really think a lot of these defensive issues are going to continue. Now, does that mean that they're going to be plagued forever? No, they're going to get the most talented defensive player in the NBA back at some point, uh, just until then, I just don't think they're very well equipped to deal with his absence. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you on that. I think that this team is built off of, we have LeBron James, 
and we have Anthony Davis. You know what As I mean? As should and, be. And, right? uh, yeah, yeah. They have Anthony yeah, Davis. Yeah, they're, they're, they're two of the best five players in in the league. Again, you can argue where where they place. That's that's a discussion for another day. But they are absolutely built for that. And like you've mentioned, you take any NBA team and they're missing one of their top two players. I don't care if you if you take Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook off the off the Wizards. Those guys ain't winning as many games without, you know, either of those players. So I, I'm with you. I, I just think it's going to take some time and, um, you know, get get healthy. And I, whether they finish as a two, three or four seed in the Western Conference, nobody wants to play them. Right. And I think that's what that's what the, the, the long term goal of it is. We still want to be ready come time for the playoffs. And I think once they get there, uh, they'll, they'll hit the ground running again. Anthony, that does. You know what? We're going to wrap up there. But I really want to give you a compliment on your versatility. Not only does this dude know basketball. He's also a big baseball guy. Greg Maddox pitches, everything like that. That's a good breakdown for you there. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm very good with sports that require limited amounts of athleticism. <laughs> so like, give me all your golf takes. If you like billiards, bowling, like give me all of that stuff. Yeah. That's a, you know what? I, I would say that uh, I would brag about me being decent at uh, sports that don't really require athleticism, but if you ever see me go bowling, everything I chuck is a gutter ball. So I'm not going to disrespect <laughs> anybody uh, who's good at it. So we'll wrap up the episode there. Uh, don't forget before I go check out the silver screen roll podcast network on iTunes, Spotify, hit the subscribe button. Of course, Harrison always loves when you give us a five-star review as well. And don't forget, check us out at silverscreenroll.com throughout the season. That does it for this one. We'll be back at it again next week.